Welcome to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss all things wellness. I'm Eleni Welch, nutritionist. And I'm Kay Boyer, health enthusiast. Welcome back, Renegades. Welcome back, Renegades. Welcome to another episode of Smart Nutrition Things with Eleni. <laughs> <laughs> You never know what I'm going to say. I know. And it makes me laugh every time. And I, I don't know what I'm going to say until that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm a little tired today, so I went, I went pretty generic. Well, yeah, smart nutrition. You're, yeah, you're going to yeah. run out of sayings, I suppose, at some point. Yep, but. yep. And then we'll just start introducing it as the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. <laughs> so basic. That's okay. what it actually is. Uh, okay. Well, well, good. Yeah. What, what's this? Is funny that I don't even know what the topic is yet today. What What are you going to share with us? <laughs> so, our episode today is the "Are Supplements Necessary?" podcast. Oh, I do want to know this because I put a pretty penny towards them, and I need to know if this is wise. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It's like actually a really common question I get, and surprisingly. I've gotten a fair number of nutritional coaching clients this way is that somebody reaches out to me and they're like, hey, I'm taking this whole list of supplements and I want to know, are they all really necessary? Okay. What should I be taking? What shouldn't I be taking? What's overlapping? And so yes. that is, it's like almost the first question I've gotten asked in a number of clients. And of course, okay. I set up a consultation with them because the answer to that question depends on what you're eating and what your lifestyle is like. And that all requires a thorough examination of your family history and your current disease status and yes, all of that stuff. So Ooh. I can never just answer that question for somebody off the cuff. <laughs> like, Ooh, okay. I have some questions. And while we, um, as you go, I have some personal selfish questions on this. Okay. And I will throw in there as we go, because maybe a listener has these questions. So. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Chances are, if you have a question, somebody else has had that question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. So, I mean, I did just say I can't answer that question for anybody without knowing their yeah. their full history. But um, there Everyone is... Everyone could send in their blood work. This will really help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But there is a general answer to that question that does apply to most people. Um, And of course, it's dependent on you and your health history and your family history and your diet and your lifestyle. Exactly. But for the most part, for like 98% of the population, I think that the same general answer applies. And then there are additional supplements some people need to take, mm-hmm. some things they don't need to take. So anyway, in the, the question of are supplements necessary? So my answer would be in the perfect world, no. Okay. I would think in the perfect world we could get all of our food, like all of our nutrition that we needed from food okay. and lifestyle because yes. lifestyle is an important part of your nutrition. Yeah. Because we evolved to need the food. Right. Right. And like movement is a nutrient. Sleep is a nutrient. (gasps) Breathing is a nutrient. This is a mind-bending concept. You're right. right. Yeah. Water is a nutrient. Like our body needs those to thrive. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in a perfect world, we wouldn't need to supplement because we would be getting what we needed all the time from our dietary and lifestyle. However, in the world that we actually live in. Mm-hmm. Welcome to reality. For most people, the answer is yes. Supplements mm. are necessary. Um, 
I know it seems kind of inconsistent with maybe the more natural approach that I often take. So a lot of times on the podcast, I'll say something like, you know, well, our ancestors would have done X, Y, Z. Yeah. Right. When it comes to like exercise or movement or sleep or circadian rhythm or anything like that, I'm always referencing what our ancestors did. Yes. And obviously our ancestors didn't supplement. (laughs) Yeah, they don't need to. (laughs) So I understand that there's a disconnect there, but um, especially if people are thinking, well, if our ancestors didn't need to take supplements to stay healthy, why would we? And I've actually even had that question before because I've gone through seasons of supplementing, seasons of not supplementing. Yeah. And sometimes I'm thinking, you know, well, I'm eating a fully balanced diet. There's no reason why I should have to supplement. Yeah. Um, but to say that our environment today is profoundly different from that of our ancestors yeah. is an understatement. I mean, we live in a world that doesn't even resemble the right. world right. that they lived in. And so it's a nice theory to think, well, we our ancestors didn't supplement, so neither do we. But it just doesn't apply because mm-hmm. it's, it's apples and oranges right. at this point. Right. Our ancestors also didn't have computers and phones and screens that sucked the life out of them they slept for like 14 hours a day during the like winter seasons heaven forbid they didn't have air conditioning (laughs) (laughs) they got sunshine they lived in really close social circles which we've moved away from yeah they wash their clothes on a stone (laughs) moving all day long yeah everything was movement exercise community they've got loud noises like we know have loud noises everywhere. And their entire life was based around food, right? Yeah, and like the seasons. Yep. So you your your life was to eat. I mean, that was your full time job. Yeah. Right. So Which as a mom is also your full time job. Yeah. You're feeding your kids all day long. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. staying alive. Yeah, and staying alive. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. Um and but it's just it's totally different. And so people now complain if I give them a meal plan that is contains meals that take 30 minutes to make, but we used to spend our entire day nourishing ourselves. I mean, that was what we did because the point of existence was to exist. Whereas now it's like we have full-time jobs and we're working in, you know, towards a professional career development and that becomes the most important thing or raising our kids becomes the most important thing. So we're not just focused on feeding ourselves anymore. And so we really don't get the nourishment we need from food because we've chosen not to make that a priority. This Eleni, this is explaining my brain so much. I kind of all day long think about food, and that's okay because our ancestors <laughs> did. Ah! Yeah. It's okay that I all day think about it and all day just want to eat right. because that's normal. Yeah, that was what okay. that was what we existed to do, basically, and pro- I, procreate, I, I suppose. I, I, I exist for both of those things <laughs> as well. <laughs> Not to mention there's been a massive decline in our soil health. Oh. And quality. Yes. So the nutrient density In of our food. soil yeah. has really gone down due to poor farming practices and unsustainable use of irrigation and fertilizer and, mm-hmm. and pesticides. pesticides and the destroying of the topsoil layer that basically holds everything together. So even the most nutrient-dense foods that we have, which we just did a whole episode on this, still don't get anywhere near what they used to in terms of nutrient value. Plus, now we transport food all over the world. So we 
in the middle of the winter can be eating tomatoes and cherries from Chile. I mean, that didn't used to be how things were. And when you transport food, you pick it under ripe mm-hmm. because it, if it's if you've ever picked a ripe tomato off of the vine from your own garden or from somebody else's garden, you know that thing wouldn't sit in a truck with one ton of other tomatoes on top of it and make it anywhere without turning into tomato soup. (laughs) (laughs) So you can't pick a ripe tomato that actually has reached its full nutrient profile and then ship it across the world and expect it to last. And so... Food is picked unripe, which means it hasn't developed the nutrients it needs to ripen. And then it's just ripened artificially using ethylene gas, which is a gas that fruits and vegetables produce to ripen anyway. Mm. But it's that's forcing the ripening process, but it's not attached to the vine anymore. What nutrients do you think it's taking up, right? Like Interesting. So the soil is low nutrient. The food growing in it is lower nutrients. Then we're picking it at a low nutrient state, shipping it, ripening it artificially. So most of what we buy in the supermarket is kind of devoid of nutrients. Mm. I mean, even when we're making the right choices. And that's not to say to like just give up hope. <laughs> right, right, right. Obviously, buying a head of lettuce and tomatoes from the supermarket is a better choice than buying, Oreos. you know, yeah. Oreos. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or cola, but um, it's just saying this is part of why we have to supplement even with a healthy diet. Um, there's also been an increase in environmental toxins, whether they're pesticides or chemicals or yes, smog yes. if you live in the California area yes. Yes. <laughs> or New York City or... You know, you're being exposed all the time to environmental like, toxins, yeah. plastics and microplastics and... right. Our water and our air and our everything. Yeah, everything True. is contaminated. From the moment we're born, we're exposed yep. to those contaminants. On our clothing, mm-hmm. like it's in our makeup. With, like fire retardants. And, yes. Yes. I mean, our mattresses, it's everywhere. Our mattresses, our bedding, yep. the paint on our walls, the flooring on our floors, yep. the clothing we wear, the products we put in our hair, the things we put on our skin. And, and toxins deplete you of nutrients because your body has to adapt yeah. to those toxins. It has to fight back, and that requires nutrients. And so your body is going through nutrients faster. We are getting dark here, Eleni. I hope there's dark. sunshine at the end of this. <laughs> it's the reality of the world yep, we live in. Yep, this is our... People talk about the post-apocalypse. I feel like we kind of are living know, it, but this dystopia. Should I say? No, we got to be the joy. Bring yes, the we'll get we'll get there, we'll get but we'll get there. We have to but go through is, the. You're right to realize this is where we're at. This is like, the reality. Yeah, we overuse antibiotics and medications mm-hmm. that damage our gut and our liver. Birth but, control being one of the main ones. Like mm-hmm. I know that's an unpopular topic. I'm not going for against it. Just again. The reality is things like hormonal birth controls, things like antidepressants, things like antacids, they damage our gut. They damage our liver. They are toxins. Medications are toxins. The modern way. Even the milder ones like aspirin and ibuprofen are toxins. And again, toxins deplete us of nutrients. Mm -hmm. And things like antacids that we use so commonly literally deplete our stomach acid, which actively depreciates how much nutrient we can get from our food. Because if you don't have sufficient stomach acid to break down your food, you're not going to get all the nutrients out of it. Yep. Um, yep. 
Plus, we've had a massive increase in chronic stress, a massive decrease. Yeah, stress. 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 I'm stressed. I'm stressed. Uses, I don't want to be stressed. Yeah. Uses nutrients just yeah. like toxins do. Stress is a toxin. Yeah. We've had a massive decrease in sleep quality and duration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sleep is a nutrient. Tired just thinking about it. And we have a reduced connection with nature and time spent outdoors in nature. Yeah. And an increase in the time we spend sitting inside. Yeah. None of those things promote health (laughs) and life. Yeah. So when you take a bunch of things that don't promote health and life and you incorporate them in your life over the things that would promote health and life, yes, you have yes. to supplement. You have to supplement. <laughs> Since we're living in the modern, convenient world. Right. Yeah. There, and that's something to me, like how I kind of have a philosophy of life. Like everything is connected and everything like has value. And if you kind of take the easy way out on something, there's going to be a cost. Mm-hmm. So here, like the cost of like, um, you know, convenience and time and money and expansion and progress, the cost of that was kind of our rootedness and our health and our... Um, like a deeper sense of meaning and purpose and connection of all, all the things. Like, it's a lot. This mm-hmm. makes me want to go live in the woods. Lady, <laughs> can I do that? Can I go live in the woods? Yeah, I mean, you don't need my permission. Yeah, I need my husband. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me call Kevin real fast. Let's see. Yeah. Um, and there are a couple of caveats to supplementing, which the first one, uh, I think, you know, maybe it's, like I want to say it's obvious, but it's probably not obvious to a yeah. lot of people. And that is yeah. that you can't supplement your way out of a bad lifestyle, right? Yes, yeah, smart. So I'm not saying, smart, smart, smart. oh, do all these things, don't get enough sleep, sit too much, drink sugary poison, <laughs> don't exercise, <laughs> sit on the couch and watch TV, eat yep, a processed food diet, and just food. supplement. Like clearly no. that's not what I'm saying. Clearly that's not what this podcast is about. Right. You can't supplement your way out of a bad diet. So if you're choosing to do all of those things, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sure, supplementing is better than not supplementing. But is it actually going to do anything? No, because you are actively canceling it out every second that you have. So supplementing is part of a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is the state in which those extra nutrients can do their job. Because basically you're doing everything you can to live healthy and you're realizing that the life that you lead is also taking away from that nutritional input. And so the supplements give you the extra edge that you need to meet the increased demands. Yep. And all that to say, like I know some people are like, oh, supplements are expensive. But it's like, wait, all the things you've listed prior to now supplements are free. Mm-hmm. Like you moving your body all day. That's free. You getting mm-hmm. off the couch. That's free. You, A good you night's know, sleep like, is free. That's free. Like you managing your stress. Okay, free. But that also takes a mind shift and learning and training and controlling. So it feels like a lot of this just has you maturing and growing and getting wiser and more disciplined um, to get kind of down that road. Mm-hmm. Yep. God, we're preaching today, Lainey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> For those who are moving, however, from a nutrient-poor diet into a nutrient-rich one, supplements mm. can help bridge the gap. So... For anybody that's listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, where do I even begin? Mm -hmm. Yes, you begin with making the dietary changes. And yes, supplements can help bridge the gap to help you get there. If you haven't been supplementing, supplements will help. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's not going to hurt to take them. It's just not going to undo all of the negative things 
you're doing at the same time. So you need to start reducing those unhealthy behaviors and start increasing the healthy behaviors. And supplements can help you bridge that gap as you move towards feeling better. And for a lot of people, they do feel better when they start supplementing. Um, Mm -hmm. And interestingly, too, when we're moving from an unhealthy diet to a healthier diet, oftentimes our body has a hard time adjusting to that. So we may not digest our food very well because we haven't been nourishing it what is going on yeah it's not used to maybe all the plant fibers it's not used to the increased proteins so you may have low stomach acid so you may not be digesting your food well you may not have a very good gut microbiome so you may be eating foods that your current gut microbiome doesn't really know how to digest and you're adding in more good microbiomes as you increase the diversity of your food But until that microbiome reaches its optimal state of variety and quantity, you're going to have a hard time digesting Mm. your foods. Mm. So it's important to keep in mind, too, as you move from a nutrient-poor diet into a nutrient-rich one, it can be difficult to digest those foods. And again, supplements can help you bridge that gap. They can give you the extra nutrients you need because you're maybe not digesting all of them from your food. And give it time then, like take that patience and like just, mm-hmm. you know, do the three months and six months, nine months, a year. Anyway, and just check back in. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then another important caveat is that there's a difference between maintenance supplementation and therapeutic supplementation. So therapeutic supplementation, for example, if you have chronic anemia, like you might therapy therapeutically supplement with like a B-complex, zinc, and iron. Or if you've been taking statins for years, you will need to supplement with CoQ10 because statins deplete CoQ10. Um, Or if you've been taking acid blockers, you're going to need to supplement with B12 and digestive enzymes. So what's a statin? Oh, statins are for like cholesterol medication. Okay, okay. So if you took it, you would know that. Okay. Yep. So if you have high cholesterol and your doctor prescribes a statin, one of the first things you should start doing is taking CoQ10 because it is a really important antioxidant and it helps with muscle health and nerve health and it gets depleted really fast with statin use. And a lot of people don't know that, but it can result in neuropathy and all of those things. So When I'm talking about therapeutic supplementation, those are the sorts of things. And so that's not what we're discussing today in this episode, because obviously there's a whole range of therapeutic supplements that people need for different conditions. What we're discussing is maintenance supplementation. So for somebody who is generally healthy and working towards a healthy lifestyle, these are the supplements that they need. Okay. Anything more? Consult your doctor. Yes, exactly. Anything more? You'd need to talk to a licensed nutritionist or... A dietitian who has a holistic mindset or a functional medicine doctor or, yeah, even an open-minded medical doctor. Most medical doctors don't have the education on supplements, and so they don't generally make a lot of suggestions there because it's out of their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for suggestions on supplements, usually a holistic dietitian is a better choice or a nutritionist is a better choice or a functional medicine doctor or an osteopath Mm -hmm. um, tend to be the knowledgeable professionals in that arena. Um, So we're discussing maintenance supplementation. So what does the average healthy person eating a healthy diet need to supplement with to meet their nutrient requirements? Um, So I I will say that ideally, every person would take a complete nutrient analysis to know exactly what they're deficient in before they started supplementing. Like those tests exist. There are tests that look at your full 
vitamin and mineral profile and your amino acids and exactly how much you have of each thing and how many you need of each thing. Um, those tests are great. They're, they're fairly cost prohibitive. Um, they can be expensive. And most people who don't have a significant health issue probably don't want to shell out the money to do one. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be ideal is if you could do that test and see exactly what you personally need, what amounts of each supplement you need. Like you could figure out your ideal ranges. Those tests are cool. Like Genova Diagnostics has one called the NutriEval which is a really cool test you could do. And literally you can like get the results of it back and it will tell you, okay, you are deficient in zinc. You need like 50 like milligrams or micrograms of zinc a day. You are deficient in vitamin K. You need this many micrograms of vitamin K per day. You are. I need to do this. It's cool. It's really cool. It's personalized. So you would know exactly you stop any supplements you are taking to develop baseline with them. And then you take the test just eating. No, like 48 hours. (gasps) I'm doing this. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, that would be the ideal situation. Then you know what you're getting from your diet Mm -hmm. and you know how to supplement it appropriately. The important thing is to be eating a normal diet while you're taking the test and something that's representative of your daily diet. So that would be the ideal I don't start, I wish I could start a lot of my clients there. I don't start a lot of my clients there just because the test runs about $550 and most people don't want to start there. Okay, that's a lot, yeah. Um, So the recommended supplements that I'm suggesting today are basically like what the average healthy person needs to take. (laughs) And yours would be different. Everybody's would be slightly different. Okay. So all of that net that can try to exactly all of that is one giant disclaimer. Everybody's going to be slightly different. The amounts everybody needs is slightly different because they all have different exposures to different toxins and different lifestyles and they get different amounts of sleep and Mm -hmm. maybe some of them meditate and maybe some of them don't and maybe some of them have a really terrible stressful job and some of them don't and Mm -hmm. all of those things matter in terms of what what nutrient array you need. But um Outside of that, just taking the average Joe Schmo, um, the top recommended supplements that I tell basically all of my clients to take if I don't know their individual nutrient profile include a multivitamin, vitamin D, fish oil, and magnesium. Okay. Obviously, we just had an entire episode on vitamin D, so so I'm not going to go into that one today. Um, Make sure you go back and listen to our episode called The Miraculous Superpowers of Vitamin D. Um, And you can listen to that for an at-length discussion. And you will go home and buy vitamin D. Yes, (laughs) on all of the merits of vitamin D and how much you should be taking and all of those things. So I won't discuss that one at all. So today what we're going to talk about is the multivitamin, fish oil, and magnesium. Um, So starting with a multivitamin, Mm -hmm. which is funny because if you could only take one thing outside of the vitamin D, it would okay. to me it would be a multivitamin. And most okay. multivitamins contain vitamin D, just not enough vitamin D. Um, okay. And and a lot of them contain some form of magnesium, but not enough. But so like really, if you were only going to take one thing, I would say we'll take a multivitamin because then at least you're hitting every okay. nutrient. But it's also probably the thing I'm going to talk about the least because to go into detail on a multivitamin yeah. is really difficult. Yeah. Like I can go into detail on the merits of magnesium and talk about all what a 
like magnesium does in the body, but a multivitamin is like, there's like usually 26 different things that are in it. And I can't go into detail on each of those things. Okay. Then I have some questions on that. Do you, is there like brands? Are you like, I'll give some brand recommendations. And then as far as, would this be different? Like, so I take like athletic greens or the bulletproof greens, which we'll link on here, but is that, are those a multivitamin? They they are a multivitamin. Okay, that's what I figured. Because I started taking those and I quit taking like the pill or like a pill form of it. So, okay, keep talking. So a multivitamin is any any supplement that contains like a vast array of nutrients. Okay. So it generally includes the B-complex vitamins, vitamins A, D, E, and K, vitamin C. It usually contains a whole array of minerals. It might have magnesium and selenium and zinc and iron and if it's a women's it usually contains iron um it may contain smaller micro minerals boron and manganese and things like that so a multivitamin anything is a multivitamin if it contains that wide array of vitamins and minerals Um, oh and my kachava we'll link that too it is so good yeah, so there's lots of different supplements that offer that okay. sort of a thing. And our bodies need that vast array of nutrients for optimal health. Um, everything that I just said, vitamin C, the B-complex, choline, magnesium, E, D, A, K2, B12, all of these things play really crucial roles in our health. And a deficiency in any of these can cause serious chronic illnesses like depression, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, metabolic dysfunction, cancer, all of those things. Um, And B-complex vitamins are especially important for those individuals who are obese or have diabetes um, as the B-complex vitamins help protect against diabetic neuropathy and nerve damage and can improve your metabolism and mitochondrial uh, mitochondrial function. Um, And then the antioxidants such as vitamins E, C, and selenium are also important because they reduce our oxidative stress, which is a significant cause of chronic disease. So the right multivitamin will contain all of the basic vitamins and minerals. Um, And like I said, I'm not going to go into the merits of each of those vitamins and minerals because that would be like 12 episodes. Um, But the, the basic thing is to to take a multivitamin to ensure we meet our basic nutritional needs. And I think everybody does need to take a multivitamin, even people who eat a really, really healthy diet. So if you go back and listen to our top five most nutrient-dense foods, yeah, even if you're eating liver, all of those <laughs> nutrient-dense foods on a daily basis, again, for the reasons that we mentioned before, because it's not just... The nutrient input that matters, it's what your lifestyle looks like. So I guess if you were living a life that kind of resembled that of our ancestors and you were really in a tight-knit community and you were stress-free, which I don't even know how to live in a tight-knit community and be stress-free anymore. Like, I don't know that that's (laughs) that's a thing. (laughs) Um, You know, if you didn't have stress and you didn't have the chemical exposure and you didn't have exposure to microplastics and toxins, and then yeah, maybe the nutrient-dense diet is enough. But again, we're eating a nutrient-dense diet and it's making up for the fact 
that were under a lot of chronic stress and that were facing a lot of toxins. And so even people who are eating really healthy foods, I still think need a multivitamin. Um, And it can be really difficult to find a good multivitamin. I feel like I often hear people say like, oh, I just bought this generic multivitamin because it's what was in my budget. Or I'll make like a multivitamin recommendation brand. Like I'll recommend a brand to somebody and then they'll come back and be like, oh, that one was too expensive. So I got this one instead. Um, And here's the problem with that. Like in the world of supplements, more than anywhere else, you get what you pay for. Okay. Like supplements truly are a you get what you pay for situation. I worked for a supplements company. I had insight into multiple supplements companies, um, their processes, the differences in manufacturing, the differences in testing their products, the difference in like third party lab testing and certifications and um, quality of ingredients coming in and how or if they analyzed the ingredients coming in. So it really, 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 really matters. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I will just say that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, like put your money towards yourself and like do a little less, you know, Frappuccino runs and get yourself a good... Right. Well, I mean, if you're not going to pay for a quality supplement, you might as well not pay for a supplement at all. So like maybe you're paying $30 a month for a multivitamin instead of 60, but that $30 you're spending is doing nothing. And if you would just spend the 60, it would actually nourish your body. So there is something to this. Like what if you, you know, $30 a month is too much. But okay, then do the healthy, the more expensive every other month. Mm-hmm. Is this better than not at all? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it'd be better yeah. than not at all for sure. Yeah. I still just think you can find the money. You can find the money. Yeah. You can prioritize your health. I know yeah. that, that that does seem really difficult for a lot of people, but I find that people find the money for things that they want to. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So maybe it's that you don't want to spend the money on supplements or you don't want to spend the money on high quality food. But in reality, anybody can afford anything that they want to pay for. So yes. Uh, Right. At the basis of like $30 a month, like, you know, like the pair of jeans or the that. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Obviously there are exceptions to every rule. So I'm not saying, but yes, we understand. Yes. I've definitely lived. I was thinking when we were newly married and I was like, well, one time I bought something at Target and I had to return it to have gas money that week. (laughs) And I thought maybe that week wouldn't have done it, but we all have seasons and we all, you know, get through it. And so we understand all that, but yes. Yeah. I mean, I've lived that way too. I had to like wire home or like have my dad yes. wire me money one time because I literally couldn't afford gas like yes, when I was in college. Yes, yes. So I get it. Yes. I get yes. it. There's just, there's ways to make yes. your life affordable, right? I was making choices at that time. Like I had chosen what job I worked in and it made a certain amount of money and I could have yes. chosen a different job and yes. I could have chosen different housing. I could have chosen a different grocery list. I'm just saying. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> you have more agency than I think you allow I know, yourself. And add, yeah, and add nutrients to that because when your body is feeling better and your mind is feeling better you're able to function better um, in your life so it's worth that right and like you're you're saying Kay, like shuffle the money around so yeah maybe you don't go to starbucks maybe you don't spend money on pop or soda maybe you yep grow your own small garden of food instead of 
paying, you know, yeah. for takeout all yeah. the time. Yes, don't go out to eat once a month and that's your and that's your Yeah, supplement. maybe don't buy alcohol and then there's your supplements oh, budget. Amen. Like <laughs> Amen. Oh, that's a lot of money, alcohol, yeah. 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 So just saying, yes, yes, there are things we can shuffle and obviously that doesn't apply to people who don't have any of those choices, but Right, right. right. I've spent enough time on that topic. I won't quit, keep preaching at you. Yes. I'm yes. just saying if you're going to spend money on a supplement, it should be a high quality supplement. You yep. should spend the extra money to know that it's a high quality supplement. You really do get what you pay for. Yep. And and supplements that are made cheaply either don't contain enough of the nutrients that we need more of, like vitamin D or K2, or they have too high of a dose of nutrients that can be problematic, um, like calcium or iron or vitamin A in the form of like beta carotene. Um, or they have the wrong ratio of su- certain nutrients, like copper to zinc or calcium to magnesium. Mm-hmm. Or they have the wrong form of nutrients like um, alpha tocopherol instead of tocotrienols for vitamin E or folic acid instead of folate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or folic acid instead of folate or cyanocobalamin instead of methylcobalamin. So the forms of the vitamins matter. And the ones I'm listing like folic acid is the synthetic form of folate. Cyanocobalamin is the synthetic form of methylcobalamin which is b12 and the synthetic forms are obviously they're not the forms our bodies evolved to utilize they're synthetic and so our bodies especially if you have something like an mthfr mutation which probably 50 percent of the populations do where you don't um, methylate and metabolize the B vitamins very well, mm-hmm. then you can't use those synthetic forms at all. And a cheap multivitamin will use them. And if you don't know whether you have that mutation or not, it's safe just to assume you do. And you should buy the methylated forms of those vitamins that are easy to utilize. Otherwise, again, your body's not utilizing them at all. Wow. And nobody benefits from a synthetic form of a vitamin. It's yeah. just not what it was naturally meant to be i was like i need to remember all those names you just said so you're right i don't want the synthetic form i want the real form yeah and you can google anytime like synthetic b vitamins versus bioactive b vitamins and it will have the list okay um and many of the cheaper products contain fillers and binders and artificial dyes and other junk that you don't want to put into your body on a daily basis um And so I'll make some recommendations on brands at the end. There's a wide variety of brands that I recommend that I think are good quality multivitamin brands um, and just regular supplement brands. So there's options and there's more budget friendly brands within there, too. So um, I just think it's really important to spend the extra money, get the quality supplement, know and have the peace of mind that it's got the right ingredients and that it's working the way that it's supposed to in your body and that you're not just throwing your money in the trash, which if you're buying a cheap multivitamin, you basically are just throwing your money in the trash. So Mm -hmm. don't do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. That's the end of that saga. (laughs) (laughs) Breach, sister. Um, So the next supplement is the fish oil. That's the next thing that I would recommend. So a multivitamin and then a good fish oil. So omega-3 fatty acids are typically what's emphasized in a fish oil supplement in the form of EPA and DHA. Okay. Um, So basically like the need for that is, you know, throughout our, our evolution, our diets at one point were abundant in seafood and other sources of those omega-3 
um, fatty acids like EPA and DHA, but they were pretty low in the omega-6s, um, which are most heavily found in seed oils, which we have a whole episode on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good oils versus bad oils. That's our fats and oils podcast. So go back and listen to that if you haven't heard that one already. Um, but the um, the seed oils that we eat today are very high in omega-6 fatty acids. So we used to eat very, very, very little of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it would be in the forms of regular nuts and seeds that we would find. And we used to eat a lot of the f- omega-3 fatty acids from fish and meat. Um, and today we get much fewer of those um so the research on those like ancestral diets has shown that they they typically consumed a ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acids in a one to one ratio so one part omega-6 fatty acids to one part omega-3 fatty acids okay um Today, <laughs> today our average ratio is about anywhere from like 15 to 1 to mm. 25 to 1 omega-6 fatty acids oh, to omega-3 golly. fatty acids. Um, and that's wow. because our vegetable oil consumption rose dramatically yeah, stop having between stuff. the beginning and the end of the 20th century. Um, like at the onset of the industrial revolution, which was 140 plus years ago, then there was this marked shift in the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acids. So in a very short period of time, we stopped eating that one-to-one ratio and jumped to this huge like 15-to-1, 20-to-1, 25-to-1 ratio. Um, wow. Mostly because of the advent of vegetable oils which we've talked about, and the increased use of cereal grains as feed for animals, which alters their fatty acid profile. So when you eat the meat of an animal raised on industrial feed made of cereal grains, they have a much higher omega-6 fatty acid profile because that's what they're eating. Just like you you would if you were eating. (laughs) Dang. So... Yeah, the fatty acid profile of the meat we were eating changed, and yep. and that changes too with like farmed fish versus wild caught fish. They tend to have a much higher omega six to omega three fatty acid profile compared to like a wild caught fish. Um, hey there, renegades, Elaney here. Briefly interrupting this episode of the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, I wanted to highlight a company that Kay and I have recently discovered that we love, and that company is Bulletproof. Bulletproof sells high-quality nutritional supplements, and every product that Kay and I have tried from them personally, we have found to be excellent. It's important when you choose a supplement that it contain the bioactive forms in order for it to be effective, and Bulletproof has just the right forms in just the right amounts. Right now, if you go to bulletproof.com and use the code RENEGADE15, at checkout, you can receive 15% off your order. That's Renegade, R-E-N-E-G-A-D-E-15. Use that code at checkout to get 15% off and we'll earn a small commission too. Thanks for your support. All right, back to this week's episode of the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. So 
Now Americans today get almost 20% of their calories from soybean oil. Just soybean oil alone, almost 20%. The average American gets 20% of their calories from soybean oil. Let's not do that anymore. Let's stop that. Which is, you know, basically like 100% omega-6 fatty acids. Like there are some omega-3s in there, but yeah. But it's mostly omega-6 fatty acids. Um, So again, our intake of those omega-6 fatty acids is somewhere between 10 to 25 times higher than our evolutionary norms. Wow. Um, And obviously that's a dramatic shift and that has dramatic consequences. Um, So the most commonly recommended ratio today is somewhere between a one to one to two to one. Okay. ratio of omega-6 fatty acids to omega-3 fatty acids. Bring it down. Bring it down. Um, bring the fish up. So that brings us to the importance of supplementing with fish oils. I mean, essentially, those oils are, is, they're essential for the functioning of every cell in our body. Um, the fatty fish that contain those omega-3 fatty acids in the highest quantities are Um, mackerel, herring, sardines, anchovies, salmon. Um, Tuna has a good amount too. You just have to be careful to look for the toxins. Get the, I like the Safe Catch brand. They test every fish for heavy metals. Um, Omega-3s can lower our risk of cancer, type 2 diabetes, autoimmune disease, depression, inflammation, all that good stuff, Mm -hmm. heart disease. Um, And they improve our insulin sensitivity. They can lower our cholesterol, lower our triglycerides, and raise our good cholesterol, the HDL cholesterol. Um, They reduce uh, the occurrence of blood clots, and they lower the risk of heart attacks. They improve our nerve function, and they help prevent nerve damage, and they improve our brain health and function and are protective protective against Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, So... Since we're not eating as many as we used to, we need to supplement with them so we can protect our bodies and our brains. Um, However, how much to supplement is a really complicated question because, again, it's all about the balance of omega-3 fatty acids to omega-6 fatty acids because you don't want to completely eliminate omega-6 fatty acids. You need them to some degree. However, they do tend to be inflammatory Whereas the omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. So when you mm, bring up the level of inflammatory omegas yeah. to 25 times what they used to be, and mm. you're not eating the number of anti-inflammatory omegas to balance it out, you have a big problem. And you do need some amount of inflammation in your body because inflammation is a healthy response in general to things. So you don't want to completely eliminate that, but you do need to balance it. Um, So the balance is what's important and that can be really tricky. So like how much omega-3 you need to supplement depends on how much omega-3s you're getting in your diet and how much omega-6s you're getting in your diet. Um, So like in a scenario, let's just say that you're following the recommendation I make to most people, which is to eat four ounces of like an oily fish like salmon or mackerel or sardines or anchovies three times a week. So four yeah. ounces three times a week. That's the dietary recommendation. Yeah. Um, which equates to, it, it depends on the the fish. It 
it's like and how much EPA and DHA you get. So like, for example, let's see, I have that. Um, so for example, like sardines have 1.5 grams of EPA and DHA in them. Mackerel has 4.6 grams of EPA and DHA per four-ounce serving, and salmon has 2.15 grams, and herring has 2.15 grams. Mm-hmm. So the the fish that you're eating matters and how many servings of that fish you're eating. Um, and then let's say that, so the average intake of omega-6 fatty acids um, is like estimated to be around 9% of your caloric intake. So in a 2,000 calorie diet, that equates to close to 20 grams of omega-6 fatty acids. So let's say you're eating salmon, which has 2.15 grams of the EPA and DHA. Um, So you're eating that three times a week. And then you also consume what's like the average American, (laughs) the average American consumption of omega-3s in the form of ALA, which is different than the EPA or DHA. ALA can convert to EPA and DHA in your body, but it's not an easy conversion. But we're going to include it anyway because it is an omega-3 fatty acid. So the average American eats 2.35 grams of ALA omega-3s. So you can add that. So say you're eating your basic like 2.15 grams of omega-3 from salmon and now you're getting your 2.35 grams of ALA from, that comes from things like chia seeds and flax seeds and all that good stuff. Um, So we'll say you have roughly 4.5 grams of omega-3s and then you're getting 20 grams of omega-6s. So that ends up being a ratio of omega-6 to omega-3s of 4.5 to 1. So that's an improvement, certainly, over like yeah. 20 to 1 or 15 to 1 or 25 yeah. to 1. Yeah. But the it's standard is real low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's still like anywhere from two to four times higher what it should be. Yeah. So on the other hand, if you increased your EPA and DHA intake, as I suggested, but reduced your intake of omega-6 fatty acids then you can lower your ratio to like one to one or two to one, which is the optimal ratio. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to say, yes, have one gram of fish oil per day and that'll solve the problem because it depends on how many grams you're getting from your food and it depends on how many grams of omega-6 fatty acids you're getting from your foods. So it's tough to make a recommendation that way. But if I could make any recommendation, it would be to eat (laughs) three four-ounce servings of one of those fatty, oily fish per week and supplement with about a gram a day of fish oil. Okay. As baseline, just get there. Fish sounds sounds really good for lunch, by the way. (laughs) You all talking about that, I thought, well, maybe I'll go catch me something for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. So as you can see, the more omega-6 fatty acids you consume, the more omega-3 fatty acids you're going to need to consume. So if you're eating Mm -hmm. a lot of wheat products, a lot of processed products, anything with vegetable seed oils in it, then you're going to have to consume more omega-3s to bring that into balance. Mm -hmm. So... That's that's my uh, things I didn't answer. know I needed to work on. There it is, <laughs> you know. And I um, love this um, cashew butter, and it had some sneaky oils in it. So I, you have to watch all the labels. Ugh. Yeah, anyway. I literally don't buy any product without reading the labels now. Yep. 
um, because just everything has those vegetable oils in it, sunflower oil and safflower oil and canola oil and cottonseed oil, oil, and it's all just toxic. And again, it throws off all that hard work. So you're going out of your way to eat all the healthy fish and then you're undoing all of those efforts by eating processed industry seed oils. Um, So then I'll I'll bring us to magnesium, which is the final supplement that I recommend everybody take. Um, So a deficiency in (laughs) magnesium makes you twice as likely to die as other people who have sufficient magnesium. So there's a good reason to take it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you dying from? Everything. 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 Okay, yeah. I'm going to go to home and take magnesium. I have it in my cupboard, but I only take it sometimes. But now if it's, I'm going to die, I better yeah. take it. <laughs> yeah, magnesium is responsible for over 600 enzyme reactions in your body um, and is found in all of your tissues. What? So you need magnesium to function and to live. And if you don't have adequate magnesium, you're twice as likely to die from all-cause mortality as somebody who does have sufficient (gasps) magnesium. This is fast. I wish I would have known this like 10 years ago. (laughs) Now I know it today. Wow. Yeah. And magnesium magnesium is a really powerful um, supplement for relaxation. It really helps with stress management. Y'all need magnesium. Yeah, it is one of the most powerful relaxation minerals available. It can help improve your sleep. Like think, think of it like anything that feels tight or irritable or crampy or stiff. That's like your and and I'm saying that in terms of like body parts, but even mood. <laughs> like you just described my life. Yeah, like anything <laughs> that feels magnesium. tight, locked up, stressed out, that's a sign of magnesium yeah, deficiency. Body or psyche. Yeah. Wow. Body or psyche, exactly. Wow. Um yeah. You have the need for magnesium in your bones, your muscles, your brain. You have to have it in all of your cells to make energy. Um, You need it for all the different chemical pumps in your cells to work. So those pumps are responsible for bringing nutrients into the cell and out of the cell. Um, It stabilizes your cell membranes and it helps your muscles relax. Um, And additionally, magnesium works hand in hand with vitamin D. um, And vitamin D on its own without adequate magnesium is pretty hindered. So magnesium acts as a cofactor in a lot of um, the same reactions that vitamin D participates in. So we just had our vitamin D podcast where we talked about all the miraculous superpowers of vitamin D, but vitamin D can't act on its own without the help of mighty magnesium. Whoa. Um, I did not give magnesium this credit. Yeah. Magnesium is one of the most important things to supplement with, and I'll get into that. But it's because even with a really healthy diet, it's difficult to get the magnesium that we need. Um, And magnesium deficiency is linked to chronic inflammation, and chronic inflammation is the root of every chronic disease disease, that exists. So chronic diseases, again, heart disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, cancer, diabetes, kidney disease, all of those things are linked to chronic inflammation. Inflammation, which also, side note, sugar is very inflammatory towards Mm -hmm. your body. And sugar and magnesium deficiencies frequently go hand in hand too. Okay. So um, diets low in magnesium are associated with increased insulin levels and resistance. Um, And magnesium deficiency is common in diabetics because magnesium helps glucose enter your cells and turns that glucose into calories and energy for your body. 
Um, and if you're magnesium deficient, then your cells can't take up the glucose and you end up with high blood sugar and then you end up with high insulin and you end up with insulin resistance. Should have just taken the magnesium. <laughs> so here's a few signs that you might be magnesium deficient. You have muscle cramps or twitches. Mm. You're irritable. You're sensitive to loud noises. You have insomnia or difficulty sleeping. You have anxiety. You may have symptoms of autism spectrum disorders or ADD. You may experience heart palpitations, constipation, headaches or migraines, fibromyalgia or nerve pain, um, asthma, chronic fatigue, kidney stones, diabetes, obesity, osteoporosis, high blood pressure, um, having PMS or menstrual cramps, um, irritable bowel syndrome, acid reflux, or trouble swallowing. <laughs> okay, I'm like getting my whole family on magnesium like <laughs> right in 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> we're all, oh my golly. So if any of those things describe you, you might be magnesium deficient. I wow. feel like that could be like a new redneck skit or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. You <laughs> might be magnesium deficient. <laughs> if you. We got the eye twitches. <laughs> swallowing's hard. What was that one? That is hilarious. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much everything. Magnesium is essential for everything. Most people need more magnesium. Um, <laughs> and and honestly, the reason we're deficient is simple, which is because most of us eat a magnesium deficient diet. Like most people are eating a highly processed, refined foods diet based on white flour and meat and dairy, all of which have very little magnesium. Um, so things that are high in magnesium are like sea vegetables, like seaweed and nuts and greens and beans. Um, and the average American gets most of their magnesium from peanut butter, which I thought was funny. That is funny. <laughs> Didn't have that darn seed oil in it. Yeah. And sugar. Um, and sugar and mold and all the toxins that come with peanuts, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, I don't know as many people who eat seaweed as eat peanut butter. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> and then, like most of our modern life, actively conspires against us to cause us to lose what little magnesium we are consuming because magnesium levels are decreased by excess consumption of alcohol, salt from processed foods like excess salt. Um, mm. not from like putting, I'm not talking about like putting, you know, salt on your Celtic potatoes. salt on your food. I'm talking about processed foods that are very high in sodium that depletes your magnesium because they can compete for uptake. Um, coffee depletes your magnesium. Phosphoric acid from sodas depletes your magnesium. Chronic dehydration and lack of electrolyte consumption with water depletes magnesium. Wow. Um, prolonged chronic or acute stress depletes magnesium, <laughs> chronic diarrhea, excessive blood loss during menstruation, uh, diuretic medications that, again, kind of cause that dehydration, antibiotics and other drugs, and some wow. intestinal parasites. All of those things can cause magnesium deficiency. Yeah. So even if you are getting adequate magnesium from your food, you may be actively also depleting it. Wow. And then this is also like all further complicated by the fact that magnesium is kind of poorly absorbed in our bodies and easily lost from our bodies and to properly absorb the magnesium we need to get a lot of it from our diet plus we need to be getting enough b6 vitamin d and selenium to help our bodies absorb and utilize the magnesium i'm like how is anyone still alive in america today <laughs> well if you think about it i mean we are all alive but what 50 percent of the population has 
like a chronic it's disease. A, okay, it makes sense then. Here it is. You're right. right? Like, yeah. I mean, we're living, but we're not living well. You're right. But they are. We're all mostly obese. We're all chronically inflamed. Yeah. We're all chronically depressed. depressed. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. There we, is something missing. We, we do see the effects of this stuff. Yes. And I think people, you're like, right. they draw the line at, like, as long as you're alive, you're fine. But, like, what quality of life do you have you're right. if you're suffering from? I'm going to go get some magnesium. Yeah, exactly. So the RDA, which we talked about the RDAs. Recommended daily allotment with a... <laughs> I think allowance. Allowance. Um, in our last episode, our most nutrient-dense foods, we talked about the RDAs and how they're not sufficient today to meet even our most basic minimum needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the RDA for magnesium is about 300 milligrams a day. I typically recommend okay. people get somewhere around 600 milligrams a day. Most of us get less than 200 milligrams a day. Okay. Um, so anywhere from f- mo- the range most people benefit in, which is why I sit around 600 milligrams as a recommendation, the range is typically about 400 to 1,000 milligrams a day. Okay. Um, the most absorbable forms of magnesium, because this is important okay. too when you're buying a supplement. It's going in my brain right now. Talk to me. Are magnesium citrate, citrate, glycinate, taurate, glycinate, taurate. or aspartate. It doesn't matter between those? Um, No, they're all more easily absorbed. Okay, so it's okay. Okay. Yeah. Magnesium bound to like the Krebs cycle chelates like malate, succinate, fumarate. Those are also good. Like sometimes you see like chelated magnesium or something. That's good too. Um, Okay. But avoid the forms of magnesium like magnesium carbonate, sulfate, gluconate, and oxide. Okay. Those are bad words. Okay. Yeah. Because those ones are really poorly absorbed. Okay. They're also the cheapest and Mm. they're the most common... Forms found in cheap supplements. Dang. Cheap. So if it says like magnesium oxide, just Get put it. it back on the shelf or put Oxide. it in the trash. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Um, and so the easily absorbed forms like citrate or glycinate are less likely to cause diarrhea and stomach cramping and some of those unpleasant okay. ah. things associated with consuming a lot of magnesium uh-huh. all at one time, whereas the forms you don't absorb very well. Like magnesium helps draw water into your intestines. And so the forms that don't absorb well basically just cause this massive flush of your intestines. Mm. Mm. Call it a detox. Yeah. No. <laughs> and another thing, well, it is in one way. <laughs> another That's thing. Not medical advice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Another <laughs> thing that you can do to get good magnesium. Um, is to take a a hot bath with Epsom salts, which um, contain magnesium sulfate. I do that. Which sulfate isn't recommended if you're eating it, but it's okay in an Epsom salt bath. Okay. Um, And then that's a good way to get, like, absorb some magnesium through your skin. So it's okay to use that form in an Epsom salt bath. Mm. Um, Diarrhea is a sign that you're getting too much magnesium at once. So Mm. if that happens... Typically, I recommend people back off the dose until their body gets used to the increased magnesium or separate it throughout the day. So if you're looking towards 600 milligrams, you know, break it up into like 100 or 200 milligram doses and Mm -hmm. eat it with food. That helps too. Okay. Make sure that I, if I take magnesium on an empty stomach, regardless of the form and regardless of the dose, it kind of wrecks me. So I recommend (laughs) just taking it with food. Stay by the bathroom. Yeah. And honestly, it's, I, probably get more magnesium in my diet than the average person. So I don't need to supplement with as much. Um, yeah. Um, and then anybody who has like kidney disease or severe heart disease should only take magnesium under a doctor's supervision because there are some interactions with 
maybe oh. some of the medications they're taking and some of the symptoms they're having, there's some risks there with the magnesium. So just make sure with all supplements, as I have to say, make sure you talk to your doctor yeah. <laughs> first before you start any supplement. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so a couple of things I just want to go through, some of the like most commonly frequently asked questions when it comes to supplements are like, why are nutrient studies so confusing? Like, yeah, I'm sure you've so. heard conflicting studies. Like one yeah. study says vitamin A is good. And then the next day, like a study comes out saying vitamin A is bad. And then yeah. the next day it's like vitamin D is a lifesaver. And the next day it's like, oh, vitamin D doesn't do anything. You know, like, yeah. and, and then one day you have a study that says vitamin E increases cancer. Okay. Like, I've seen those studies, too, and I I understand it, too. And honestly, I think the biggest problem with a lot of studies is that they treat nutrients like drugs, where researchers give one nutrient alone in a high dose and see what happens. But nutrients really work as a team. That's why I like people taking multivitamins and getting their nutrients from food. Because, for example, like, broccoli is great for you. It helps you know, it helps cure a lot of diseases. Eating adequate broccoli helps prevent cancer and heart disease and all of that good stuff. But if all you ate was broccoli, ah. <laughs> you wouldn't live for super long, right? Like if you didn't eat anything else and you just ate broccoli, that ex- would be really hard <laughs> on your body. This is my husband. He does things in extremes. Yeah. So he's like, I'm eating broccoli. I'm eating 1,000 broccoli stocks <laughs> like this month. And nothing else. So and if you else. just ate broccoli and nothing else, you wouldn't really like do super well. Well, yeah. it's the same thing with nutrients. So if you just get vitamin E and nothing else, yeah, it's not that good for you because that's not how your body evolved to process those nutrients yep vitamins need to hold hands yeah they work synergistically so i think that's one problem in a lot of studies circle of life okay i'm just gonna wait for you to finish (laughs) (laughs) um and then another problem with a lot of studies is that oftentimes the quality of the supplements used vary greatly from study Ah, to study yes so one study might use a really quality form of a supplement and then the next study may use a really cheap form and so Mm. that can make it look like vitamin E works really well and then vitamin E is trying to kill you mm-hmm, like because mm-hmm. that does depend like we talked about a vitamin yep. E supplement if the main form of it is the tocopherols versus the tocotrienols well that makes a big difference in how your body absorbs it and utilizes it and the conversion rate and all of that stuff so a study with tocopherols is going to look like vitamin E doesn't do anything because that form of it is difficult for your body to process and use, but a study using a vitamin E form of the tocotrienols might have a much more, like, strong effect. I just love that you know all those words. (laughs) (laughs) I only spent three years learning them all. Yeah, good. (laughs) Foreign language. Um, And, like, a poor quality form of certain supplements can be inflammatory. Like, poor quality form of vitamin A is inflammatory. Mm. Um. And like we talked about in the vitamin D podcast, the vitamin D2 form instead of D3 does not work very well. So again, the form they're using in the study matters. And there's a huge amount of variability from study to study, depending on what supplement they're using, what form they're using. Um, Same with like the synthetic forms of the B vitamins like we talked about. So again, those things all matter. Um, And in studies on magnesium, I often see that they use magnesium oxide. 
but mm. that's the least it's a bad one yeah that's the least well-absorbed form and it causes a lot of intestinal distress and diarrhea so then you have people dropping out of the study because they've got the poops <laughs> from the form of magnesium that you're Been giving there. them <laughs> so i think that that is a a big reason why studies vary in terms of nutrient effectiveness um and then like take for example a study on omega-3 fatty acids well, as we went through and worked out mathematically, how much of an effect omega-3 has on your body depends on how much omega-6 you're consuming. Yeah. Yep. And so if you're not controlling for omega-6 intake in study participants, you're going to have a really varied mm-hmm. outcome when yeah. you supplement with omega-3s because for some people, it may be bringing their omega-3 or omega-6 to omega-3 ratio to like a 2 to 1 or a 1 to 1 ratio. And for some people, maybe bringing it just down to a 10 to 1. So you're not going to see a huge effect if it's only lowering the ratio from 25 to 1 to 10 to 1. It's still a really unhealthy ratio. So then you're doing a study trying to see the benefits of omega-3s, but you're not controlling for how much omega-6 they're getting, which is what matters. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the successes and failures of different clinical trials hinge largely on the amount of supplement they're using, yeah. the the type and the quality and all of that stuff and the health of the participants. Um, and all of that's really variable. Yep. Yep. I like it. I like all that you're saying. And I have some supplement questions at the end also, by the way. Okay. okay. Um, and then another frequently asked question is like how to choose supplements and some problems like with supplements. So, I mean, like when you are getting, hopefully, if you're getting a pharmaceutical prescription, you know exactly what's in it. Like it's very tightly controlled (laughs) what's ending up in that bottle, but it's not really the same thing with the supplement industry. Mm. Um, And manufacturers can cut corners and then that can become problematic for the average consumers. Um, so some of the -the over-the-counter supplements that you might get, um, if they're just cheap or generic, like they might have a like poorly absorbed cheap form of the nutrient, which we've talked about. The dosage on the label may not match the dosage that's actually in the pill. I ran into this when I worked for a supplement company. Um, if you take a supplement and you send it off for third-party lab testing, the bottle may say, oh, it contains a thousand percent of the daily value of vitamin A. But what's actually in the capsule may be like 10 percent of the value of vitamin A. Mm. So it wasn't shelf stable or something. Yeah, or, maybe yeah. the process that they used may have oxidized it. Vitamin A is one of the harder ones because it oxidizes easily. So it's maybe heat in shipping. It's not it's stored like away mm. from light, whatever happens in the processes. Oh. Um, And then the raw materials, um, especially with like herbs and supplements that contain herbs, if it's a cheaper supplement, they may not be testing for toxins such as mercury and lead, um, Mm. or the quality of the herbs may not be consistent from batch to batch. Um, And the factory in which those supplements are produced may not follow good manufacturing standards, so there may just be inconsistent quality of supplements. Um, Like, and then for example, just using fish oil as an example, um... Like most people don't understand that fish oils really aren't all created equally. Mm. And the catch to capsule time, so from the time that the fish is caught to the time it ends up in a capsule, can be as long as three years. 
So that's a really long time with a lot of opportunity for oxidation and degradation. And That's a really long time. Yeah, it's just why a lot of fish oils end up being kind of rancid. Ugh. Um, which then causes a ton of inflammatory problems. So you want to take high quality, mm. again, high quality supplements wow. are worth it for all of those That's reasons. Yeah. So some of the brands that I really like and recommend um, are brands like Orthomolecular, Zymogen, Metagenics. Those companies all work directly with practitioners. They don't sell directly to consumers. Um, and so they're harder to get a hold of, but you need to work their their principle is nobody should be supplementing without direct supervision. Okay. So they only sell to practitioners. The practitioner tells you, hey, this is what I want you to order. And they'll either yeah. order it for you yeah. or they'll set you up with something like a full script account. And then you can access those companies through the full script account with your prescription. Um, but there are other good companies, too, that you can access directly that are really high quality brands like Thorn, okay. Bulletproof, Designs for Health. Nordic Naturals, mm. um, Green Pasture, and Perfect Supplements. Green Pasture, I do cod liver oil from. Um, I really like that as a supplement. I like some of those food-based supplements. Yeah. Um, Perfect Supplements, I like. I use their Acerola Cherry Powder, which is a vitamin C supplement. Um, and I like their liver capsules. So mm. Perfect Supplements does a lot of food-based supplements. I don't really... I don't necessarily like... I, I don't have strong feelings <laughs> either way on food-based supplements versus like some okay. of the more tightly controlled supplements that like orthomolecular makes or Zymogen okay. makes. Um, I know there are people who have really strong opinions about this and think like all of our supplements that we get should all be food-based. Okay. I can definitely see the merit in that, like taking liver capsules. Like we just yes. did a whole episode on liver and how nutrient dense it is. And there's probably a lot of components in a liver capsule that aren't present in a, a like more um, yeah. isolated mm -hmm. multivitamin. So like a multivitamin from like orthomolecular, for example, might be taking all of the nutrients out of liver and then putting them, isolating them, putting them in a capsule, which, yeah, isn't as natural as something like a desiccated liver capsule. But it's a lot more standardized and they can guarantee that what's in the final product is the exact amount you need to be taking. Whereas when you take food-based supplements, you don't have that standardization. You don't have that guarantee mm -hmm. because you're probably not analyzing every piece of liver that comes in to look at the exact nutrient profile. You're not analyzing every cherry that comes in to analyze the profile. So it's variable in terms of what you might be getting out of the product. So that's why I'm kind of... They're more natural. Okay with, they have yeah. a lot of benefits. I'm good with them. I take some. I actually rotate a lot. Like okay. me personally with my multivitamins, I take the Bulletproof Greens, which is a powder I can just mix in with water. And it's a, it contains a wide array of, of vitamins. So it's a multivitamin. I take that one day. Another day, I take the Perfect Supplements Liver Capsules. Another day, I take the um, Orthomolecular MitoCore. <laughs> yes. multivitamin yes so i actually kind of rotate through yeah. them just because Make i don't know sure it covers your yeah, body. yeah i just think my body feels good when i do that that's just me personally i'm not making that as like a blanket recommendation for anybody but you can get multivitamins in all forms so if you can't do capsules yeah. very well 
you could do something like a greens powder, like that bulletproof greens or the um, athletic greens or cachava, like you mentioned. Yeah. There's lots of powders now that are like a shake supplement or a smoothie supplement yeah. um, that you can just mix with water and it contains a multivitamin. So that works well for people who don't do very well with capsules. Um, yeah. And then I like the cod liver oil because it contains the fish oils. And the fish oil capsules tend to be big and they were hard for me to swallow. And at one point I felt like I didn't feel like I literally was taking like 35 supplements a day and it was way too much. And so fish oils (laughs) were one of the things that I was like, I cannot swallow another capsule. These are huge. I gave them all to my husband and I bought the cod liver oil, which I just take as an oil. And okay, you can handle the taste of it. It does not taste bad. The um, green pasture brand specifically, they have a really good... fermented sounds disgusting tastes fine (laughs) fermented cod liver oil and i like the cinnamon flavor okay and i I, it doesn't it it has like a little bit maybe a little bit of a fishy aftertaste but it's just not i expected to be horrid yeah 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 i've tried that (laughs) it is horrid not that kind though i'll try that kind yeah so now my happy medium is i alternate between the bulletproof greens and the liver capsules and the mitocore i take the cod liver oil every day and i take a magnesium supplement every day right before bed that's my favorite time to supplement with something like magnesium is right before bed because it helps so much with relaxation it can really help improve your sleep okay um the other is probably in the morning yeah yes a good way to i think a good way to supplement is to kind of spread them out throughout the day um even with like multivitamins typically like with a multivitamin if you're taking capsules you're gonna be taking anywhere from two to six capsules um so with like the mitocore i can't remember if it's two or four but i'll split it up so i'll have Mm. like one with breakfast one with lunch Mm -hmm. um any multivitamin i don't personally like to take later than like 2 p.m. because multivitamins that contain a B complex, um, those B vitamins are really energizing Mm -hmm. and they can keep you awake at night. So if I have a multivitamin with dinner instead of with lunch, sometimes it kind of wires me and I don't sleep as well. Yeah. So I try to split them up, just take half of my supplements with breakfast, half of them with lunch, and I feel like my body absorbs them better that way. Um, If you don't have good digestion, then those supplements tend to feel really heavy in your stomach and you'll feel kind of nauseous. So I think it's better to split them up or try food forms or like the oil-based forms or the powder-based forms to help with that absorption. Yeah. Wow, this is all good stuff. Okay, I got some questions on supplements. My husband has been taking for years like protein powder and he's taken some bad brands. I'm like, dude, that's not good for you for years. Now we've he's doing some like garden of life, more of like a grass fed. I finally I'm like, just pay more for the better. But what's your thought on even that, like the protein? Um, if you are If you are like working out pretty hard and want to build muscle, protein powders help supplement that. Okay. Um, I do a high quality protein powder. I do the Four Sigmatic brand protein powder um, in the mornings along with the Bulletproof brand collagen protein. Oh, yes, I was going to ask you about collagen too. mm -hmm. Okay, for old folks. Yeah, I like to do the collagen protein um, from Bulletproof because it's 18 grams of protein and I work out pretty hard in the mornings. So I like to make sure that I'm getting adequate protein to support that and to support muscle growth and repair and maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, since I'm challenging my muscles, 
if you're not working out, you don't really need to supplement protein. Okay. Um, you should be getting what you need from food from and specifically from meat right yeah um okay and the reason i take like i do the four sigmatic brand of protein powder with the collagen protein because the four sigmatic is all plant-based which is great but i think you still need the animal protein so i like the collagen protein from bulletproof because it's the grass-fed cows and so i feel like i'm getting both you know okay okay the best of both worlds and then um since you just briefly mention the collagen you take do you is that do you suggest that for people over the age of like like 30 yeah so basically once you get over 25 i think your collagen production naturally starts to slow um and it decreases as you go on that's why you start to get wrinkles and your hair gets kind of maybe like coarser or starts to fall out um, because your body is just not producing the collagen you need to maintain the healthy skin, the healthy hair, the healthy nails. So I do recommend people supplement with collagen. It's not in my list of essential. Yeah. Like I could do a whole list. Oh, of on, on bougie supplements. Bougie supplements. Bougie. I think collagen is a really important supplement to supplement okay. with. But it's like if somebody just is starting from... Just baseline, baseline get me to health. I'm like, yeah, do the multivitamin, do the fish oils, do the magnesium. But if you're already doing those things and you want to up level, then yes, okay. collagen for anybody over 30 should be taking a daily collagen supplement. I like collagen powders best just because they're easy to mix into your coffee or they're easy to mix into a smoothie or they're easy to mix into tea. Yeah. Um, and I just think the powder forms of anything you absorb a little bit better than yeah. like a capsule form. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely recommend collagen. The other thing I recommend for people as they get older, um, anybody over 30, typically I recommend um, digestive enzyme supplements because our digestive enzymes naturally decrease as we age. That's why older people typically develop a lot of nutrient deficiencies because they have really low stomach acid and they're not absorbing um, Mm. the nutrients from their food as well. They're not digesting their food as well. So again, that's something I started once I got over 30 was a a digestive supplement. And I I was already taking one, but I got really religious about it over 30 because I had signs of low stomach acid already. So I started doing that. And then probiotics. Um, I think everybody needs probiotics. However, what really matters is the prebiotics and the fuel that you're giving your body that feeds the bacteria. Um, So if you're eating a varied diet, then that is one thing where your body should naturally be feeding and fueling a wide variety of bacteria. Um, But a lot of people do need probiotics also just to kind of supplement that. But again, it's not on my list of must-haves. The must-haves. Okay. 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 Good knowledge. I'm going to run home and have magnesium and fish and all the things. Like (laughs) this, I always love my podcast days because I definitely eat healthiest on podcast days. Yeah. You're like, yeah, before you Uh move into the rest of the week and life takes over. Yeah. 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 So I know we got into some like nitty gritty details there, but hopefully it was helpful overall. So multivitamin fish oil, magnesium. Magnesium. Those are the top three. And vitamin D, of course. Vitamin D, yes. But we already talked about that. Yes, yes. That's like, D is like the number one one. Mm -hmm. D is the number number one one. Yep, the number one one. (laughs) (laughs) Aw. Well, thank you for your knowledge, Eleni. Yeah. For everyone else, go be renegades. Thanks for listening, renegades. Thank you for listening to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. 
Please keep in mind that this podcast is an educational service that provides general health information. The content on this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional medical care and diagnosis. You should always talk to your doctor before making a dietary or lifestyle change. Go be renegades! Go be renegades!